This is the How to Love series with the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Talked about marriage. Mm-hmm. Talked about singleness. We have. And now to the puppy love stage. You know, love changes everything. Yeah. Or so the incredible Broadway song goes. And it really does. But it also depends on your definition of what love is. That's true. That's true. <laughs> what is love? We, we talked a lot about that the first episode as well. So if, if you're just listening to this one, make sure mm-hmm. to go listen to the other two. I like the fact that you called it puppy love. It sounds really cute, adorable, not at all mischievous. Uh, let's be honest. Puppy love has been redefined over and over and over again. Okay, uh, define it now. See, when you're talking about dating and that kind of love, that's dangerous stuff right there. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I remember a conversation I had with my dad. I was super uncomfortable because I'm a teenager. Dad. Uh-huh. But he found out that I like this boy and he wasn't certain about his faith status because it, he thought he might be Muslim. Okay. And I said, no, dad, it's not even like that. I just like him, but he doesn't even know I'm alive. You know, one of those typical teenager <laughs> conversations. Yeah. But it's interesting that I knew that this kid claimed to be a Christian and for whatever reason in my quote puppy love stage, that was good enough for me Mm. in terms of continuing this crush that I had on him. Okay. When that should be like the very first thing that I hope my kids find out about the girls that they're interested in. I have two boys. I hope that that's the first thing they think. What do they believe? What is it they believe? But I have to also be honest. That's not necessarily the first thing that catches anybody's eye. No, no, that's the attraction. That's the that's the 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 natural beauty that catches. Uh, I mean, certainly from a, a guy's perspective. But then I think what's interesting about and we're gonna you know unravel dating and and even uh, you know, talk about the, even those relationships where it's not puppy love, where you have been dating for a while and it feels like an old married couple. We'll talk about that too. But I think with just the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. Where do you, in your story, you're going to like them until you either know that you know that you like them and want to be with them or until they give you a reason not to. Yeah. So a crush is kind of just a crush until you get to talk with him anyway. Did you continue to like him yeah. even as he was telling you things or did he or was it just from always from a distance it was from a distance i didn't really have a real relationship until later in my life and i knew that guy was a christian mm-hmm. we both talked about it before we started dating okay so right. i was blessed in that way that i honestly nobody broached this subject if you will for a very long time i think that was god's favor and protection from who <laughs> uh, from myself okay okay yeah right because i'm a very passionate person and he probably knew that because i'm i'm always a just jump all in oh i see all right. in all at once you know type person that god was protecting me from that especially like after the first date that i had with my husband i went home and told my parents i'm going to marry this man you're right on that one i was right so but i i think that's what's interesting how could you know that you don't like them until they give you a reason not to. Right. I think that's what's so tough about the infatuation stage, I guess is the better way to say it. I was watching a show last night where some advice was given and there was frustration on the boy's part because he liked this girl. And so Mm -hmm. he went to an older person asking for advice and he's like, should I just tell them? And the advice given was, if you really like this person, hang tight, Mm -hmm. hang tight, continue to like them. And then eventually, hopefully, they'll see what they may have in you. And I thought, 
That's actually really good advice because a lot of the times we, because of the way we are built by God, hormones do invade the body and we want to make things happen now. We've got that crush now. We get love struck. That's all we can think about. Eat, sleep, drink, and love. You know, that's all we think about. And that's not necessarily healthy because it can blind you at what we call love. I think we've we've discussed in the podcast past about what true love looks like. According to Christ, it's about serving Mm -hmm. one another. It's not about lust or any of those kinds of things. Um, But to hang tight. To sit back and watch. And I think before acting, you would be able to assess by just watching. How does she, if you're a boy, how does she treat her parents? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're a girl, how does he treat her mother? Yeah. His mother. Yeah. You know, um, and then I perhaps you're like, well, how am I even supposed to be in a setting where I'm able to do that? If you're friends, then this is working out perfect. Yeah. If you're liking them from a distance, it can be tough. If you're and online. and How do you cross that, that? And then how do you, especially as an adult, when you, you are wanting to get married and you like a person, mm-hmm. maybe it's a, I don't know, a coworker or a neighbor, somebody that you do see somewhat regularly. Sure. But when do you give that up? Because you know it's just not going to happen. You move on from a crush like that instead of hanging tight. I think most people have boundaries that they have in place from the get go. So if they if they know themselves and I would invite I mean, all of us should be assessing this for ourselves, even as old married people still like, Lord, where am I at in you? I want to make sure that I am always aligned with who you want me to be. And once I discover who I am in Christ, I'm going to know more about who that teammate is mm-hmm. or what, mm-hmm. what I need to be for the other in my life. Yeah. And so if I'm able to set those boundaries in place and say, I know that if I ever am with a person, he needs to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's a deal breaker for me. Then that's set in place. You're never going to be like, oh, but I have such a bad, big crush on him. Mm-hmm. You're never going to put yourself in the position of missionary dating, mm-hmm. as it's been termed. Yeah, yeah, trying to make sure that they follow along with you in faith. Right. Uh, but you start the relationship before that's established. Oh, he'll change. Yeah. She'll change. Yeah. I've, mm, that's tough. And sometimes it, it, it happens. It, yeah, it certainly can. But you don't want to hang your hat on ifs. Mm-hmm. If ifs, ands, or buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a wonderful Christmas. That's right. I, I think uh, there were so many uh, situations where I would go back and tell middle school me, high school me, just forget about her. She's not <laughs> all that in a bag of chips, as the phrase got, went when I was in middle school or high school. But in those moments, you kind of had to discover that for yourself. You have to have those moments. And, well, and what's ironic about it is uh, even now, if I, I mean, it just really not just for me, but for anybody. Mm-hmm. I think at any age of a a puppy love, a crush, an infatuation, the blinders go up for you regardless of what age you are. Sure, you hopefully will have more maturity and be rooted in in you know more scripture or whatever to be able to write off somebody if you're like that nah, is not the person for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's so easy from the outside or hindsight's twenty twenty to go back and look at your younger self and go that girl would treat you bad anyway or it's not going to work out or whatever. But you'd be in the same situation as an adult dating because that happens with people. You know, your friends yeah. say, hey, I don't know about that person. No, they're great. They're great. I probably yeah. just don't know them like I do. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's because you're in, in the infatuation state. Absolutely. So, again, having those firm boundaries set in place so that you never cross them 
Mm. So you never get to a place where infatuation yeah. takes over as opposed to common sense. Yeah, that's that's a good point. If you have a boundary, it's like kind of just like a black and white decision. Yep. Nope, this happened. Do that. Well, I'm out. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, by the way, I do want to mention, we'll mention again at the end. Mm-hmm. We would love to see you. Oh, yes. Uh, later this week, actually, we're going to be recording next week's episode in Houston. This is just north of downtown at a coffee shop. And so if you're in the greater Houston area, uh, hopeondemand.com, you can register for your spot to be here at our final, at our series uh, finale, which is just how to love our neighbor next week. So that'd be a lot of fun. I think what's really important when you're dating is to beware of distractions. And distractions aren't necessarily evil in and of themselves. Uh, Sometimes it can be. I was reading this morning in Galatians chapter three, and Paul is actually talking to the church about how they're dismissing the truth that he brought to them in regards to who Jesus Christ is. And there are other people coming along and kind of courting the church, if you will, Mm -hmm. with these other little G gods. And he's like, what's the deal here? This makes no sense. You are allowing these distractions to come in. You know it's true. And these people may be courting you. They may be dating you. They may be, you know, bringing in the flowers and all the reasons why you should come back to us or whatever. Mm. But ultimately, this will not be fulfilling because it is not truth. You've already received the truth. Why are you being distracted? I think that kind of plays into what you were just talking about with Mm. the distraction that can be infatuation. And if you know what's true and you've set it in stone and these are your boundaries and I'm going to stick with it no matter what, Rochelle, Mm -hmm. no matter how cute. Yeah. No matter all the right words that he says, did he meet the requirements that you set out there? Now, does that mean that you can't go back and and alter them? I hopefully when you're in the right state of mind. You can go, what did I learn from this experience? If I need to alter this one a little bit, yeah. pray about it, seek counsel on it. That's biblical too. But um, the distractions also today, there are so many distractions. The world has so many ideas about what dating could be. Yeah. Sow your wild oats. Get it all out there. The only comparison I, I can find in scripture in terms of sowing wild oats is what Jesus shares in the story of the prodigal son where the kid goes and does all the crazy and does it with whoever. And what what happens to him ultimately ends up eating out of a trough with a pig. It's not a good... Didn't didn't go well. Didn't go well. Didn't go well. You're not... Get out all the crazy so that you can come back to what's true. I just... Listen, if you know what's true now, go with that. You yeah. save yourself a lot of heartache. Well, and and you, that's exactly right. It's, you know, and I love what my pastor shared years ago that I, I think he still says, I'm not at that church anymore, but I think he still says to this day, every time the Bible says to not do something, mm-hmm. he say, it's saying don't hurt yourself. Yeah. And every time the Bible says to do something, it's saying help yourself. Help yourself. And so with these controversies of, are, you know, should we do this or that? You know, if it comes to sex and dating or, you know, anything like that, or uh, dating, an if you're a believer in Jesus and, and dating an unbeliever, you know, mm. what the Bible is is really saying with that is, it's going to be a hard road to yeah. go down, all it right? Really I mean, first of all, the, the sex before marriage is a sin, and then it, it, it talks about not dating or, well, not marrying an unbeliever uh, because, man, that's tough. And then, it, it, you know, it says also, if you did, or you even if you do, even if you knew that before and you still marry an unbeliever, uh, then it's like, well, now you're committed to the relationship and, mm-hmm. and stay with that person. But I think it's kind of a, a warning of, but man, that's going to be tough. Yeah. Because it's, you know, my dad said it best. He was talking about this when I was, you know, dating and stuff. 
you meet a girl that goes to even a different kind of church. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if it's just a different denomination, but it gets so, if, if you get to that point where you're like, well, you go to my church and, and I'll go, you go to your church and I'll go to my church. Like we'll just do our own separate church thing. Well, that sounds, that sounds nice. Uh, and what happens when you have kids? <laughs> And where do the kids go? I have a and, family member who's in that particular situation. Now there are no children involved. Okay, but okay. it has not been an easy tow for either of them. Even st- even even no, without kids, it even hasn't without been easy. kids, yeah. because there's it feels almost like at least from the outside looking in, there's not been a support for each other. Mm. Because mm. well, it's a different experience for one another. Yeah, and it's interesting. My my husband really, yeah. If I could just brag on him a little bit, I remember we first started dating. And we were going to this church and he said, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. And he just, he would come up with excuses to not go. Finally, I'm, I'm like, look, what's going on here? You slept in. How many times does a person sleep in on a Sunday? Which is kind of a stupid question. Ask anybody who likes football. Yeah. Uh, Cause there's a yeah. lot of reasons why. Yeah, that's you true. Sleep in. But you know, you had no problem making it to your church when you wanted to go. Why are you not going to this church that we agreed we'd go to and he he finally he was like i didn't want to hurt your feelings i'm just not comfortable there mm. okay well, we need to talk about that we need to communicate about that because in in my upbringing my parents were always united yeah they yeah. were a united front you cannot be a teammate if your teammate plays on a different team mm. But, and and, so, and do what are you saying there? You're saying it totally different. Faith is what you're indicating there? Or you're saying even it's just a different, oh, a different church building? I, the Bible actually says that in so many words. It says don't be unequally yoked. And a lot of people have interpreted that to mean a various amount of different things. I believe it does mean in regards to faith. Do not right. be unequally yoked. So if you have somebody who's a complete, I mean, they're not a Christian. Uh-huh. And they're of a different faith. You right. are going to have trouble in the marriage because, like you said, you bring children into this marriage. Yeah. How how do you it, it's we've shared this even in regards to just having conversations with non-believers. How do you keep people accountable with a different measurement system? Like if you are going right. by feet and they're going by the metric system, you're going to have different gauges on weight, what this ultimately should look like. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're going at things, well, this in my Bible says that's not okay. But according to this guy's standards over here, it is. And you're married to that. Where are you going to land? Right. It's marriage is already difficult enough as it is because it's two different worlds, two different upbringings coming together and becoming a new culture. Yeah. And you add a different faith based system into that, especially if we're talking, these are dedicated followers. Like I'm a I'm a dedicated follower of Jesus Christ, and if I married somebody who is a dedicated Muslim, that is a completely yeah, different. It, it, it's that's a it's a very good point of you're using different systems. You're, if you're using a casual follower. Uh-huh. Maybe it would be something that you think you could manage. But... Well, that's what I was kind of digging into with when you talk about unequally yoked or different team. You know, do you oh, yeah, take yeah. that also to mean? If you go to First Baptist Church, but I like Second Baptist Church, and and we literally go to two separate buildings, but we're of the same faith. It's really easy for me to say, uh, like a a once over, no, that would never work. Or yes, that would always work. I can't do that, and I think that there would be um, very specific cases where folks have made it work. I can't imagine it's ideal, though. It's. I don't think it's ideal at all. 
I don't think it's ideal because you, you've got now children picking and choosing. Yeah. And especially if you start differing on, look, my husband and I do differ on certain things spiritually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We always come back to the center, which is Jesus Christ every single time. So uh, that's going to be true, I, I think, as well. When you when you discover the person that you're married to, you're not always going to agree 100 mm-hmm. percent on interpretation of Scripture and things like that. You'll be like, I feel a little differently than you do. It's got to be OK sometimes to be OK with that. Yeah. Because the yeah. Holy Spirit deal he dealt. We see even with the disciples differently. They were not yeah. all across the board the exact same way Jesus talked to them. He talked to them differently. So I. I think you're not you're going to be shooting yourself in the foot a little bit proverbially yeah. shooting yourself in the foot if you decide, hey, I do better at this church and you go over to that church because somewhere down the road, you may start off great, but you're going to find that it, it's yeah. rubbing me the wrong way eventually. I, I feel like it would. Now, again, I think you may be right. There may be situations where it's worked out, but I, I, I want to dig into something you just said. Um, there are spiritual things that my husband and I disagree on. Mm. And uh, so, you know, just especially, you know, if you know somebody that needs to hear this podcast or you're dating and um, I've met uh, Christians that I think were too picky, you know, the boundaries thing we're talking about, at least when I said it on this podcast just now, I'm talking about, yeah, beliefs. I'm talking about morals. I'm talking about values. Uh, I I think that not only can people do a certain height, he's got to be this tall. (laughs) He's got to be, he's got to love sports. He's got to, or, or she's got to love sports, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, and no, I'm not talking about those. I think those should be certainly negotiable. Uh, but I also think there's been Christians uh, that I've known that are too picky with, and they, and that's fine. They have the right to be, it's their dating life. Right. Yeah. But I'm just sitting here going, it's taking you some years to meet people and you're a pretty girl or you're a handsome dude and you got a lot to offer. And I think it's you being too picky. Um, because I think that it's it's fine to disagree on a lot of things yeah. and still make it work. And I heard um, William Lane Craig I've mentioned before is a uh, he's a scholar, he's a professor, he's a, a, a debater, an apologist. apologist. Yeah. And th- this wasn't about dating, but I think it applies. Somebody asked him, "How would I go about talking to my friend who believes in evolution, and I'm a creationist?" Mm-hmm. And William Lane Craig kind of just backed backed everything up and he said, let's just kind of look at the bigger picture. If you're talking about this issue with an unbeliever, what I want to do is just back up and go, you know what? It's really not important what you believe on this. It's an important subject, but that's not going to get you to heaven. Mm. And what I want to do is set the bar as low as I can. I just want to do the minimum of what Jesus (laughs) requires to be a Christian. Believe that there's a God. Believe that Jesus existed and he is divine. Believe that he died on a cross. Believe that I'm a sinner. Believe that that death on that cross paid for my sins and 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 follow him. And he raised from death. Yeah. And, and that's and that's it. That's the gospel and, message. And so it's like, it's almost as if, I mean, I think you can be a little pickier than that in dating, but if you're both there hmm. and you're both, and especially in, in, in terms of um, to be able to serve each other, following Christ, that last one in there, hmm. it's, it's going to work out. If you have the heart, but you disagree on evolution or spanking, you know, when you have kids or I mean, anything like it will work out if you are patient with each other Uh and you're both following after Christ. And that's being a part of the same team. I, I look, I'm not a sports person, so it's hard for me to think of an analogy in regards to sports. But I would imagine in the locker room, not everybody is aligned in thought. Oh, gosh, no. Everybody's got an opinion. Yeah. 
but they're playing for the same team. So right. they all have the same purpose of what? Winning the game. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to put feelings and stuff aside and remember, uh, especially if you do pick out that teammate in your life, this is the person I choose to spend the rest of my life with. Do we have the same goal of winning the game? Do I love this person? Am I choosing to honor the Lord with this person? Are we going to be the best parents we can to help raise our children and train them in the way that they should go? Yeah. I mean, the, you got to go back to the basics sometimes because you can overcomplicate a lot of things. Uh, it, it's so important that you date a person who believes the way you do in regards to the big stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, when I say the big stuff, look, it all goes back to Jesus Christ. Uh, it, it also honoring their parents. Mm -hmm. That's a big one for me. There are deal yeah. breakers for me. And it, yeah. it, and everybody can have their own deal breaker. Deal breaker. But if we're talking about Christian it dating, has to, that's it's got to start with Jesus. It's easy, you're, the baseline is a perfect way to say that. Baseline yeah. is there. So I think that's really important. Um, and I, I, it's interesting. It wasn't until my husband and I, we moved to New York. I had never heard the term of missionary dating mm -hmm. and all the single people that I loved them so much. They were so open and honest about their journey. They, they booed the missionary dating thing. They're like, what are you doing? That's no way to live your life. Uh -huh. Well, you're always going to be the leader in your household. And I'm talking about, these were young women that I'm talking about primarily. Uh -huh. And, and I would say that to my sons as well. Don't be looking to, look, God's position for the man in the household has been leader, but but he has put women and men equally. It says it in scripture. I just read it this morning in Galatians. We in Christ are equals. Mm -hmm. He wants us to be a team. Yeah. So how can you do that if you constantly feel like you're going to be the adult in the relationship when it comes to faith and other things. Right, right. Um, and clearly there are going to be moments in a union where one perhaps slacks off because they've sure. been led astray or a health issue where you have to stand in the gap and step up because your spouse isn't able to, you, maybe you even feel like a single parent. Yeah. So there yeah. are moments like that, but that's not something like on the the dating front line that you're like, hey. You know what? Let's start off this relationship. I know I'm going to be the big, the bigger one. Yeah, in the relationship. You know what I mean in I, terms of faith and all that. I think with any red flags, um, with uh, with dating, it's a lot like you go to a job interview, and they tell you how crazy the job's going to be. Yeah. But you're like, oh, but they got a great break room, or they pay a lot, or or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, no, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. You know. And then you sign up for it. And then you are in it. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, that momentary daydreaming, that momentary optimism that the puppy love with dating, you know, sure. comes in and and you're just like, we'll figure it out. And and some of that can be true. I know there's a lot of doubters of relationships that have worked out. But, but if, those are if exceptions. We're talking about exceptions. And if we're talking about Christian dating an unbeliever, it's going to be a hard road. It is. You're... <sighs> You know, it's interesting. My mother-in-law, I think essentially, yeah, it, w it was like a missionary dating situation. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the exceptions to the rule. And their story was not an easy one. It, boy, it was yeah. difficult. Yeah. He did, uh, he was, he, there was addictive patterns there in his life involving alcoholism. Um, he smoked a lot. There's this great story about when the pastor of their church um, that he, he was casually attending mm -hmm. because his wife was making him go. Uh, comes into like a convenience store. He has a cigarette in his mouth and he puts it in his mouth all the way, oh, butt gosh. and all. 
Oh, God. To try to cover it up. That's a great story. Oh, man. But finally, it came to that point where my mother in law knew this is no way to live anymore. And I can't put my children through this anymore. And thank God. And my father in law is such a great person. Oh, my word. Jesus redeemed that situation. It, but it is one of those exceptions to the rule. She finally said, look, and, and by the way, ultimatums are never something that I ever want to incorporate into my marriage. That's, that's like a last resort, right? When you feel like you have nothing else that you can resolve to do, but to give an ultimatum, that's what she had to do. Hmm. And he received what she shared. And he turned his life around from that moment on. It was one of those unique miracle stories. They do exist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did not have a taste for alcohol anymore after that. Did not smoke another cigarette after that. Hopefully he didn't eat another one either. Did not eat another one. (laughs) And committed his life to Jesus Christ and his wife and his children in a new, incredible way. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's not anything that I think she would ever encourage someone to live out. She's lived through it. That yeah. was hell on earth for her. Yeah. And uh, I, I was watching a movie the other day. It was a fascinating story. Don't know if it's based on truth. But it's this man and this woman. They met each other. They fell in love. I don't know how because she spoke a different language. Hmm. They couldn't speak a lick of each other's language. But for somehow, somehow, yeah. they were able uh. to communicate through the way their eyes looked into oh, the others. Oh, of course. Was this on Lifetime or Hallmark? No, there's this great show on BBC. It was called, um, uh, I think, uh, Call of a Midwife. And so, anyway, they had a lot I of I wasn't kids. actually asking for a recommendation. Oh, wow. <laughs> and there were sketchy things on the show that I'd be, I'm not remotely recommending, per se, but there were some episodes that were really beautiful. And it's a bunch of nuns and, and these nurses that would go in and help as midwives in the middle of the 1900s. And the scenario, I'm like, are you kidding me? They have multiple children. And when the midwife goes into the storyline with this family, they're like, well, how do you talk to each other? Oh, well, we just look into each other's eyes and we know. And I'm like, okay, see. (laughs) Come on. Come on. That's the stuff that's confusing people that are trying to date. Communication is the number one thing that you need for a team situation to work. Yeah. I think if you're passing the ball to the other guy, it should have been communicated by the coach, this is the play we're going with. Mm. Or if you have to switch something up on the field in the moment, you're communicating with your eye Mm. or some other signal. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, what's going to happen? The ball's going to get dropped. You're not going to score the goal. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's so important. If you can't talk to the person. So it was really important for me that day to tell my honey... This we got to figure this church thing out. Yeah, you don't feel comfortable going. Well, that's important for me to know. Right, and you can't. I understand that you were nervous about hurting my feelings. I am a sensitive person. I'm working on that. I'm still working on that. But I also want honesty, and we have to have that too. Well, let's uh, let's talk about that. You said you're working on that. So. Um, I love, uh, well, just working on ourselves and, uh, truelovedates.com. Uh, I got the pleasure to talk to, uh, Deborah Faleta, uh, before, uh, she's just kind of this Christian dating expert. And so that's her website, truelovedates.com. And, uh, she said, this is a Christian dating advice. I wish I would have known. Mm. Three things. Okay, three only. Well, I'm proud of her for narrowing it down. You can go to many different articles and find anything you want, but 
the most important person you could ever get to know uh-huh. is yourself. Yeah, I agree. And we're talking about, um, this is like before you really get in a relationship, right? Okay, okay. Uh, you will always attract the kind of person you believe you deserve. Mm. And your story has far more to do with who you are than who you're with. There's a lot of people on that second one, I would imagine, going, hey! Like, I don't, have you ever been in this position? I know I'm not the only person. Where you see everybody else, and it's like a Disney movie around you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you are the only one. Living who's, reality. Who's got the crazy people. Yeah. Yeah. Knocking on your door, and you're like, really? Mm-hmm. I know I'm not believing that for myself. Come on. Yeah, and that's hard. And that's hard because I, I get it in terms of the the uh, the candidates uh, and the 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 especially maybe the level of attractiveness. You're like, oh man, oh man. But but in in terms of certainly this is you know going about character. I mean, this is what she says with it. The truth is that we all come with some sort of a price tag. Mm. We rely on so many superficial things to measure our value and our worth by appearance, intelligence, success. But no matter how you choose to calculate it, your price tag is determined by one thing and one thing alone, yourself. Mm -hmm. And of course, I mean, I know that she'd say you're intrinsically valued by God, but in terms of how attractive you are, if you will, Mm -hmm. you know, and and bettering ourselves before we get in a relationship, because all of a sudden what I can do is get in a relationship and start blaming the other person. Yeah. And then I got to look in a mirror and go, whoa, no, I'm impatient. No, I'm, I mean, fill in the blank. Yeah, he's not necessarily talking, like, you know, talking about physical appearance. You're talking about what really matters, which is the heart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that cannot be, um, yeah, you need to be more attractive in that. Um, we put so much emphasis, by the way, on physical appearance. And it's fascinating to me that we've got all this shaming going on. So... Part of me got really excited when curvier people came into the picture and became celebrities and people were like, ooh, this is a better body form for women to kind of be like, hey, because we've got curves and we don't all look like twigs, this is a good idea. But it's still very body image focused. Mm. And now I was reading an article the other day saying how that's become even dangerous because it's it's the focus. Mm. Right. And so Jesus God made women beautiful. He did. And that's the conundrum. The enemy twists things. That's what he does. He takes truth, pieces of truth. So it sounds real, but then he twists it. He perverts it. So we know that women are beautiful. And then he takes what we know and he twists it for his own good pleasure. And he makes it. That they're only worth it if they're beautiful or whatever. Or whatever lie it is that we've received in connection to what is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And God wants to define what is beautiful. And that's something that just, man, we get so focused on the wrong things. And so that's another red flag for me. Yeah. If I'm getting too focused or if they're getting too focused. And by the way, I've I've said this before to my children and I've slap myself on the hand when you do the shame on you thing. I don't want to shame anybody. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's being ugly about somebody's shape and they're called body shamers or whatever, and then like this is doing anything any better, then we shame the shamer. Of course. What are we doing? Just throwing a bunch of shame. Yeah. And cancelization. And does it (laughs) fix any problem? No. It just points out people's problems. When has that ever been? Hey, Super helpful. You being a nag, mm-hmm. really appreciate it. Isn't right. it? It's not helpful. <laughs> yeah. So, 
I think, again, always getting back to what's true, focusing on Jesus, not focusing on um, anything on the outside. I think when we, we, a lot of the things that inhibit us in relationships is the way we feel about ourselves. So her instructing, if you know yourself really well, and then working on yourself to say, Lord, I want to know me through your eyes. Yeah, It's not even yeah. about how I see myself. It's how you see me, because that's going to be way better than how I see me. I look in the mirror and I see everything that's not good. Right. right? Yeah. We, we talked about, um, this was not about dating, but I, I think it applies as well. Um, talking about how we can really get, start the monotony and, and just life in general and uh, the the phrase was, every business starts with a why. Why are we doing this? Ooh, yeah, yeah. And a lot of them eventually lose their why. Yeah. Could you imagine if Chick-fil-A lost my pleasure? And then it was just some just chicken, chicken restaurant, restaurant that was, you know. And and so there's always a why. And and as believers, yeah, y- y- we know what our why is yeah. and, and what we should be focusing on. And that includes how we view others and how we view ourselves. Right. And then if we take our why daily with us, that I'm living for Christ and following him, and I believe that he's true, then that's going to influence our dating life as well. And it's so important that you know you are not alone if you have tripped with any of this stuff that you know. We even talked about, um, you know, the sex before marriage, or if you're dating somebody right now that you know isn't a believer and you crossed a boundary that you said you would never cross or whatever it is that you've done. Grace exists for a purpose. It's that we need it. Yeah. And God yeah. loves you and he wants to live eternity with you. And when we grab hold of his grace and accept that we are sinners saved by grace and we can't do this in our own strength. Right. Right. There's grace enough for us. So we're all going to mess up. Yeah. Yeah. And and we do every day. So uh, if you've been listening and you're thinking, man, I've done all of this wrong. <laughs> it's OK. Wait. Right. These are just these are some guidelines. These are things that scripture says about, well, how will this help me in my dating life? What would be a, a benefit to me and in, in outlining the do's or don'ts, the the wills and won'ts? Want to make sure I don't cross any lines in terms of what would compromise my faith. Yeah. And if I do mess up, Jesus is, I don't want to ever make light of what it took for us to receive grace in the first place, but he took the nails for me. And when I mess up, he's like, baby, I would do it all over again. I love you. I love my kids that all nations would know. That's why I haven't come back again. I, I, he's in it for the long haul is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. Uh, I, I do want to confirm everything that you just said, um, but I also know how culture is and how some people might hear it. Now, what they tell us on the radio, by the mm-hmm. way, here's a little secret. Uh, don't talk at people <laughs> because uh, you don't want to uh, lecture. And so I hope I'm not lecturing uh, here either. Um but I know people personally that hear grace, 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 you've forgiven, and then continue to have sex with their boyfriend or girlfriend. Now you've got a golden ticket, right? That's kind of the way they look at it. I've got a golden and, ticket. And guys that when I talk about working on yourself mm-hmm. and you imagine the wife that you want, but you're looking at pornography every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's this stuff that, sure. yes, there is grace, but the the reason is not so that we can do... Continue in sin. To, to continue in sin. Right, right. And so I think I just want to say that because I think there is this... Yeah, I know people personally. It's just like, they're, you know, there's because there's forgiveness, there's not really a problem if we have sex before marriage. And it, it's, it's, yes, it's... Well, I say the words, it's not a big deal in terms of can it be forgiven? 
and moved on from? And then even if you mess up again after you repented from it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But the intention is not so I can do it all the more because I'll be forgiven every time. That's not the right heart to have about it. Right. And you, when you are thinking about dating that person or thinking about getting putting yourself out there or whatever, there's going to be advice on every corner. And perhaps you were not raised in a home with a, you know, the, these Christian foundational belief proverbs, these the system mm -hmm. um, that we reference to a lot in understanding of Scripture. Um, you weren't raised in that home. So what do you, some of this may be coming out of nowhere. What are you talking about? Mm. And I think that's, I think that's hugely where grace plays in too. Cause it, once you've discovered, it's like what Paul says, um, when you find out that what you're doing is against what scripture says, and yet you continue to do it, mm. then you are sinning. But it is not necessarily how can we hold people accountable when they do not know what they are doing is sin. Sure. So it's one of those things where uh, I would encourage to get counsel from a source that's trusted, from a source that is a person who follows after Jesus with everything they've got. Um, one that you feel comfortable with because there are some that make you uncomfortable thinking, okay, they have never sinned in their life. Oh my gosh. I can't go to those people. I have to go. Oh God. Hey, the sinner saved by grace person is the person I would recommend. You find that incredible mentor in your church and they exist when they're honest. They okay. Exist. I'm not going to bring up because this is, <laughs> this is, this is, now this is maybe a little more in depth than we might do on a radio show, but uh, this is still pretty family friendly, but so I won't say the issue that we were talking about, but I'll just leave it to your imagination. There were a group of college guys that we were all hanging out. Mm -hmm. We were talking about a certain difficult issue yeah. that guys go through, especially single college guys go through. And we were all talking about how we messed up and stuff. And one individual decides to say, oh, I've actually never done that. <laughs> and we all, we all hold our breath, but then after he left, like, what a liar! Shut up! <laughs> Shut up, Reed! Good gosh! Uh, yeah. Whether it be that issue left to your imagination or whether it be uh, anything, <laughs> I'll leave you with two thoughts uh, from, uh, again, from Deborah Folletta at uh, truelovedates.com of how to pray for your love life. Mm. And uh, both uh, it, uh, wrapped up in scripture. And she has like 80 of these, but the two that really stuck out. Mm -hmm. Pray that God would be working out anything unhealthy in yes. your life. Oh, that's good. And it says in Jeremiah 33, 8, I will cleanse them from all the sin they've committed against me and will forgive all their sins of rebellion against me. And then uh, this one here. Pray that God would be the focus of your life now so good. and forever. Mm -hmm. And that is a psalm based on th Psalm 37, 4. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And can I can I just add one little thing on there? Uh, Sometimes when faith I guess. when faith is involved in your dating life. I know there are times where because of your compassion for people that Jesus has for people. I remember very clearly uh, a friend of my husband's, he had dated her one time mm -hmm. and she got very attached and thought there was more there than there actually was. She continued to reach out and talk to him. And because he felt compassion towards her, felt that he, you know what, this is, this is Jesus's, um, this is Jesus' kid. You know, this is a child of the king and she deserves respect. 
And she sure. absolutely does. I would never, ever deny that. But I, at one point, when I realized that she was still calling him, and we're now dating, I said, honey, you are too close to the situation. You are not in a place of mentorship. You've never been in a position of mentorship. Mm. She has always looked to you as a possible mate in life. Mm -hmm. And so you have to trust and release. It's like well, sometimes you, as a faith as a faith believer in Christ, you're like, well, maybe I've been put in their life mm -hmm. to lead mm -hmm. them to Christ. Trust that God can bring another person in. Yeah. He's God. Yeah. This is so true. I heard somebody talking about the other day of like, let's say I, well, I am married. So let's say there's a, uh, a woman that I meet that, uh, especially if like my wife doesn't know her. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, I really want her to hear the gospel. Better take her to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to hear the gospel. I better go over to her house at night. Speaking of missionary dating. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, it's like, it's like, listen, wait. no, trust that God will bring somebody else. <laughs> we can have boundaries yes. and you have to have boundaries. Uh, okay. Want to remind you that you can, if you listen to this in time, I'll just, we'll just give you the date. It's February 24th. So if you listen to this after this, then obviously it's a little too late. Uh, but at hopeondemand.com, you could be there for the live recording of our last episode of this series, the How to Love series. Uh, this will be just loving our neighbor in general is what it's we'll be talking so about. so much fun to talk about how to serve one another. And that's yeah. what true love really looks like anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And getting your input is the best. So please be there. All right. It's uh, just north of downtown at a coffee shop in the in downtown Houston. If you're in the Houston area, it'll be at 6 p.m. February 24th. So if you're listening to this in time, hopeondemand.com. It's free. We just want to know that you're coming. 